This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 73 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com. Horsemanship Radio is part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have two iconic people of the horse industry. One happens to be a woman trainer at the racetrack, and the other, Todd Bergen, is a superior reiner. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thank you for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have producer Jen with me today. Hi, Jen. Hello. It's lovely to be back with you again, Debbie. I am so glad to be sitting with you again. How was your trip, Wild Wild West trip? The Wild Wild West trip was wild in all of the appropriate places. I am sure you've been sharing on all the other shows that you're involved with, but give us a little taste, too. Well, uh, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Thank uh, you. We, okay, we, good. Glenn and I went out to Colorado for 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, went into, flew into Denver, which and it was a lovely, boring flight, and we got the exit row seat, so we had leg room, which okay, is good. the best part of the flight. Yeah. And uh, we went to WISA, the Western English Sales Association uh, conference for one day. And that is the Western version of the Ada show that we go to yeah. twice a year for the past eight years or so. And this mm-hmm. is the first time Glenn has gone out to the WISA show. And it's, this is primarily Western versus the one in the East Coast is primarily English. Mm-hmm. And we wandered about there and saw all sorts of really shiny belt buckles and blingy jeans <laughs> and <laughs> beautiful bos- bosal bridles and things uh-huh. like that. And met a lot of really interesting new vendors, and you'll be hearing about some of them uh, coming up in the next few months. Oh, so terrific. We, yeah, we did that for a day, and then we went off and visited um, Pikes Peak, and we went to the Smoky Mountain National mm-hmm. Park. No, not mm-hmm. the Smoky Mountain. No. Which mountain range is that out there? In South Dakota? No, in Colorado. Rocky Mountain, thank you. Rocky Rocky Mountain Mountain National Park. (laughs) And saw all kinds of amazing views, amazing rocks, amazing amazing wildlife. Did that for a few days. Um, Did another train tour through the the Royal Gorge. Beautiful. And then we went to the Colorado Horse Park and watched cross country there and met up with some of our hosts as well as some of our listeners. That was great fun, watching cross country. And my personal favorite part of the whole trip is I got to go trail riding in the mountains with one of our listeners by the name of Betty. And she let me ride her her husband's horse, Horace. Horace the horse. Horace the horse. Horace the horse. I got to ride him. And <laughs> I she never thought of that name for a horse. He was awesome. Him. And Horace was awesome. And she <laughs> rode good. along on her big warm blood mare, Katie. And we had a fantastic ride up the side of the mountain and back down again. And that was cool. really cool. So. That was our trip to Denver. Ah, that's a boy. That was like that was a microwave version. It was a a whirlwind tour. (laughs) Did um, was the ride uneventful? Nothing, nothing. Nobody jumped out of the bushes like a bear or anything. No, the the trail ride up through the mountains was uneventful. Mm -hmm. Now, as we went up through the mountains, because in the mountains there, they're real the real deal. You're either going up or down, or you're on a Mm -hmm. switch back in between. Right. Um, there were several places where we had to go across raging streams coming down the side of the mountains, Ooh, yeah. and they have little bridges across them. 
which is lovely. Now, some of them we walked down through the stream, but a lot of times the bridge was much too high. You couldn't get down through the stream. And I'm a chicken. I'm afraid <laughs> of heights. And really? I, I was a chicken, so I dismounted Horace, and we walked across the bridges. But Betty, she's an old hand. She just strolled right across them. But I'm a little bit of a wimp when it comes to height. No, I'm a major wimp when it comes <laughs> to heights. And uh, I dismounted and strolled across those. But actually, on the trail ride, we didn't see any significant wildlife, some squirrels and chipmunks and the like, but it was just a lot of gorgeous pine trees and aspen trees. And mm. you come to a switchback and you could look across the valley and see for 50 miles. And oh, it was pretty gosh. Stunning. Only in Colorado. So gorgeous. Or any in that Northwest really yeah, is just pretty so stunning. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Lucky, lucky girl. Yeah, it was Do a on a horse. Trip. We had a great time. And I got to ride a horse. Yay. And you got to ride a horse on your vacation. How you spent your summer slash fall vacation. That's fun. Got to ride a horse. Yeah. Good way to do it. I just got back from the beach. Yes. Tell me about your beach ride. We did our annual beach pack ride. Yeah. We stay at, they have pipe corrals and they stay at this cute little quaint restaurant slash hotel there. And um, some people, we have to go on Facebook and see our beautiful photos. Uh, Other gals were bravely, you know, swinging their iPhones around as we're (laughs) doing the nosebleed trail and the Mm -hmm. beach and everything. But it was just gorgeous. I mean, that is just every girl should do that. They should do that. It's just, uh, you know, it's a California thing. But honestly, you could do it above a lake, you know, where you go up in the mountains and then you come down to the water and so good for horses. And I'm, I'm kind of wimpy about getting off, Jen. I'm the opposite. I don't, I don't understand the get off when you're high thing. Cause I rather, I think the horses are better than me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, they got four legs. I got two, you know, so they're a little more stable than me. See, Um, I'm I'm afraid of heights. And the reason I'm afraid of heights is because I have vertigo. Oh, okay. So the higher you go, the worse it is. Yes. So when I look down at things, it makes the whole world swirl. Ew. Not good. I wouldn't like that. Not Not good good. at all. Now (laughs) with Beaker, I was pretty good about it because I could basically close my eyes and let him walk across stuff. Oh, good. I knew him pretty well. I didn't know Horace that well, and I'm just not a trusting soul. Yeah, you're not going to close your eyes. I'm not a trusting soul. And and Betty laughed at me. But I looked at it this way. We were out for just about four hours, and it gave me the opportunity to dismount and get the circulation back into my feet. There you go. You needed your knees to be a little, yeah, (laughs) land savvy again. Yeah. (laughs) I do get sea legs up there sometimes. (laughs) Yes. So tell, now you were, I'm, I'm looking at your pictures on your Facebook page this very moment. Okay. Oh, your beautiful ride. Oh, look at you. You're so happy. Now, who, who yes, are you riding? Exactly. Permanent smile on all our faces. <laughs> who are you riding on the trip? Oh, on the I street? was riding Baron. You'll know Baron because that's who Glenn rode yes, last year. Yes, the same horse Glenn got to ride. Oh, hi, handsome Baron. He's oh my gosh. Handsome. Didn't take a step wrong. He is just so solid. He is the coolest horse. I think, I think he may have another home. <gasps> I, yeah, I think Chris Layfield is going to be his forever home. Uh, she, lucky girl. She is just enamored. Uh, you know, he's, he's just so cute. He was making doe eyes at her. She was doe eyeing him. <laughs> so, so, Love affair. Made, but it's cool because I know her and I get to see him all the time. So, so I'm really happy about that. That's cool. So now mm. the entire ride just goes right along the coast, doesn't it? You know, it goes along the coast. One day we went down to Spooner's Cove, which is so cute. It's like, you know, really old church and old cypress trees. It's just beautiful. And the, and there was a hurricane. I don't know if you heard about it, but Baja had this hurricane off the coast. And so the oceans were all stirred up and they were crashing on the rocks. And the, the waves were like in really high tide. And, it, and the horses were so brave. They're like, I don't know, but... 
it's pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, they were really good about it. You know, like they're curious, but they're mm-hmm. like not that curious. But, uh, but uh, Inferno, one of our favorite willing partners horses who belongs to Beth Hebner now, a friend of ours, and he he tiptoed all the way into the water and he was happy with it. And um, so we, we had a great time. But there's also nosebleed and the ridge line. And so we go up these horse steps. You know how they make them with the railroad ties? And mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're wider steps that are in and deeper steps than we would do as people mm-hmm. and they're perfect for horses so they th- this montana de oro is the the beach ride that we go on we we do a few days you know because you can take different tracks mm-hmm. and so it was it's just it's a fabulous time for and then you go back and you go like okay is it going to be margaritas is it going to be wine what are we going to do today <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you start talking about that at the, like the last quarter of a mile home you know and the horses are just like one foot in front of the other like you made me walk in deep sand i'm really tired <laughs> <laughs> the tired that a horse has after a long trail ride like that is unique because yeah. he's tired and mentally relaxed yes so Unlike, relaxed you know the end of a cross country course He's tired da, da, physically, da, da, da. but mentally he's like, ah, all a buzz, right? But <laughs> yes. after you've been out trail riding for four or five or eight hours, the horse is like, I'm good. Nap time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they know their way home, you know, like you can just yep. drop the reins yep, and they're just there. Just drop you the know? reins. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. And yeah. And what I love about the beach too is they have all these different spell- smells. It's like sensory overload for the horse. It's like sage and then there's deer over here and there's fish over there and there's, you know, crazy stuff on these rides that are so good for horses that just, you know, good for the inside of us apparently too, but yeah. you know, See, really it's good. good it's good for the inside of your horse too. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's Nigel true. is going to be going on his knock on wood, huh? his knock very on. first solo trail ride this weekend. Oh, good for you. As we record, it'll be the first time I take him out away from home to go trail riding with some of my buddies on one of the trailheads here locally in Florida. Uh, so um, good. We'll have to talk about that. Hopefully it'll go well. <laughs> yeah. If it goes well, if we'll be talking well. about that one. Yeah. yeah. If it yeah. doesn't go well, maybe it'll be a more interesting story. Well, I don't know. Well, that's true. That's true. If I ask a question, you have to answer it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get listening to um, Kim McCarthy and Todd Bergen. I just think this is a wonderful couple. I've got Kim McCarthy up first, and then we've got Todd Bergen. And uh, we recorded these before you went on your vacation. So I hope you remember them. But they're amazing in two different worlds, too. So you guys stay tuned. Hi, I'm Mark Hebner, president of Index Fund Advisors and proud owner of Monty Roberts Willing Partners graduate, He's a Sugar Bear. (laughs) You know, investment portfolios are a lot like horses. You need to find one that best suits you, your temperament, and your stage of life. Some people might like an energetic horse and an aggressive investment portfolio, while others are more comfortable with a gentle ride and a more conservative investment portfolio. The trick is to find the one that's right for you. That's what Index Fund Advisors is all about, matching people with portfolios, risk-appropriate, low-cost, and globally diversified investment portfolios. You can find the right portfolio for you by taking the Risk Capacity Survey at ifa.com. That's IFA as an Index Fund Advisors. Or you can call us toll-free at 888-643-3133. That's 888-643-3133. 
Kim McCarthy is a licensed trainer and a lifelong horsewoman. Kim grew up in a family who made their living in the horse industry, and her father was a trainer and a farrier in Northern California. Kim didn't need much encouragement to become a licensed trainer. She wears many hats now, managing the admission for several barns, including Bob Baffert, for 18 years now. Well, welcome, Kim McCarty. We're lucky to catch up with you. I understand you're, you're driving on your way to Del Mar as we speak. Yes, I am. It's a beautiful drive. <laughs> Slow or fast? Um, I think we're getting about 40 right this second, oh. but I don't think it'll be here for long. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So if we hear some screeching in the background, we know what Kim's up to. She is she is on a beautiful stretch in Southern California, though, and we're lucky to catch up with you, Kim. So what do you, you're heading to to uh, Del Mar? This is a place after my heart. As a kid growing up, I always loved Del Mar. We would go down there for the sale every year, and I think that's probably your life now, right? Do you head down to that sale every year? I do. I do. I'm heading there right now. I've got uh, five in this next upcoming sale. Good job. And what is that this weekend then, right? That is on Tuesday. Yeah. So we're we're recording this in August and this will be coming out a little bit later. So everybody wish Kim a really good sale. <laughs> Give you lots of good <laughs> well, positive. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a beautiful Del Mar racetrack. Um, we were able to meet you there a few weeks ago. I got to see Trevor Denman, and, who is going to continue to call the races down there too. And uh, lovely man. And uh, thank you and Sean for for getting us up there. That was a lot of fun. And it's isn't that just? I mean, you you work at some of the most beautiful places on earth. The uh, the Santa Anita racetrack, I think, was the last place I saw you before Del Mar. And, and what a privilege, Sean. What a life. No, it, it's been great. We've been down here for now, I think, a little over 20 years, and it went from the Bay Area, which, to be honest, they have some great views up there. We're up visiting the uh, announcers up there as well, so yeah. there's some great, great tracks here in California. Really beautiful, and um, and we're working to keep them living and, and thriving here, too, and you know, one thing I wanted to... I told Mom that we would be doing this interview with you, and she said, oh, oh, ask them how they met dad and, and I. So so that's the first question I had to ask is, how did you meet Monty and Pat Roberts? Well, actually, I mean, Sean had worked there for so many years. And Sean, when Sean and I met, and then we went down to the farm, and that's how I met Monty and Pat was through Sean. So that's, right. I, that, I was a little later, a late, a late comer, I guess, to the program. Well, but I mean, Sean McCarthy, everybody knows now we've had him on here too. It was the writer for dad when he went to meet the queen in 1989 and didn't even know if the the round pin with open sides the mesh wire would even work because he'd always use solid sided round pins and sean is the um brave soul that got up on the first that horse. Is, absolutely exactly yes a little guy a little writer that he was working for dad so mom mom and reminded that was the same year we met it, you, you met there? Is it what you said? I met in 1989. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, that was a good year yeah. for him, wasn't it? It was a good year. It was a good year. <laughs> for him. Um, and, and you were married at the farm. We were married at the farm in 1994. We just had our, celebrated our 22nd anniversary. Oh, congratulations. What a beautiful place for a reception. Oh, I am so glad. Yeah, there have been some pretty special weddings here at the farm. My husband and I had our reception here, too, and it's just like it's a family 
almost tradition that everybody has their reception here. It's a beautiful place. And um, we're honored that you're on our, our list with that, too. Did you, go to, did you go to work with Sean right after that then when he went to the track? Well, when, when Sean and I met, I was training horses. You were. And we were. I was. And he, I just said, you know, I'm not sure I really want to work this hard. That's seven days a week, five <laughs> days a year. So I thought, well, maybe I should look into other avenues and maybe maybe go into doing a little bookkeeping, et cetera, et cetera. So then I went to work for Mr. Baffert, and that was 18 years ago. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that you had worked for Baffert for that long. Congratulations. That is yeah. a long time. Wow. So behind every successful trainer is Kim McCarthy, apparently. Look at that. <laughs> That's it. I love it. That's yeah. Good here for me, yes. Well, how did you get into training horses originally then? Because you came before all these men. Well, my husband, my, husband, my father... Uh, was a horseshoer, and then went to training horses, and then went back to shoeing. And I was going to school trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I became a big kid. Mm-hmm. And I was actually going out with the young man. He said, well, why don't you train horses? And I said, well, wow, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so I left school and went to the racetrack and started training horses. What track were you at and first? I was at Golden Gate Field. Ah. Okay. And how do you just march onto the racetrack at Golden Gate Fields and say, I'm training horses now? Well, like I said, my father had trained before, so I kind of had a little bit of an in, and I knew okay. a few of the people there. And so, mm-hmm. here, you know, you just kind of say, call up, say, I need some stalls, and there you get some stalls, and here we were. That's amazing, that's, girl. That's not good English. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the 90s, so I guess women were starting to get into that industry. We've had um, one guest on here, Ada Gates, who was the first woman licensed farrier on the United States racetracks. Yeah, but uh, you, you must have been in some rare air there being a licensed woman trainer on the track, no? Yeah, there were a few before me. There was, I mean, we got like Shelly Riley. She, was, she trained a Kentucky Derby runner. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what year that was, but that was pretty early on. Like, I'm not exactly sure. Early 80s, middle 80s, mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a few others up there while I was there. Well, tell tell us about the first horse that was like your first win. Who was the big breakthrough for you as you had, after you became a trainer? Well, my big claim to fame was a horse called Snap Your Fingers. Oh, I like that. She, belo- she belonged to one of my girlfriend's father. And the trainer that had her originally actually was training quarter horses. And he was moving and going to Rio Doso with a bunch of quarter horses. And she said, go pick her up. So I did. And she went on to win a few races for me. And then I was hooked. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that early, <laughs> that early success will blow it for you right there. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Well, that's fine. So your record must have been in good standing when you married Sean. So how did you guys, I mean, is it one of those things where you guys had to make a decision? We're not going to be married doing this together. I got to work with another guy instead. Or how did did that work out? No, mainly it was just, I was like, I don't really want to work every single day of my life. And not that I don't do that now, but it's just different. You don't get up at four o'clock in the morning every single day. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went and said, well, maybe I'll go into the, the office work and did that sort of thing. I see. Uh, and I, you know, when he'd go out of town, I'd go to the barn and make sure everything was going smooth and try to just keep the the wheel moving. 
Yeah, because you have the experience. Yeah, that is that is a nice uh, little position to have you helping with too. So, what do you do exactly for Bob now? You, I know you're just. I was calling you Money Penny to Mom, but I know <laughs> you do everything. But but well, mainly, I just do the books. I mean, I do the billing and the payroll and the nom- some of the big nominations and things like that. Yeah, pretty you know, exciting. Pretty much, I always say what. In the, nobody else wants to do is what I do. Oh, shush. <laughs> but you get them prepped. You get them prepped to, to load out and get them to the racetracks where they're supposed to be, make sure that everybody's where they're supposed to be. Is that? We, well, I do. But I, we have assistants and we have foremen. So, I, you know, I'm just kind of like hand some paperwork to them. They make sure the horse gets on the van and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a very much a team effort. Yeah. Did you watch any of the Olympics that we just had? They closed up a few weeks ago or a week ago? Unfortunately, I didn't see very much of it. I don't know if I just missed the timing for all the equine Olympics, but I was excited because one of my girlfriends sold one of those horses that was an equine uh, Olympian. He was a former racehorse and uh, went was on the uh, U.S. team. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to look that up now because I didn't get to, I seem to be watching the Olympics at the wrong time too. So I know I didn't get to see anything unless it was post and, you know, recorded and YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty exciting. Do you remember any names or anything that I? I do not. I do not. Okay. That's all right. I'll look it up. I got Google as my assistant, you know. I don't have a Kim (laughs) McCarthy, but I have a Google. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's that's probably a little more knowledgeable. Well, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> uh, so I was reading an article, though, about the dressage, and they were talking about the grooms that travel with the dressage horses. And it's so interesting. I bet it's a little similar in the in the thoroughbred industry, too, with so much travel. But they were saying that um, – that the grooms, when they go back to the air in the airplane, they every I don't know so so many minutes, twenty minutes or something, they can go back, but they have to go as a group, all the grooms, to check on their horses because they're afraid somebody might slip one of the other horses something, or you know, there's this <laughs> whole whole uh, you know um, s- security issue, I guess, or something. Is that true with the, the racehorses too? You know what? I don't know that. I've actually never flown with the horses. Sean has flown with the horses, but I don't. I remember that being a any issue well, I in hope the not. past. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. hope not. Let's hope yeah, not. Yeah, let's hope not. It's just those dressage people, right? It's nothing. Tricks. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I wish we could go to the Olympics sometime. I'm hoping we're going to be able to do that. You and I should try to do that and go see that, what the equines are. That sounds all. like a good plan. Right? I think that the equestrians need more support. You know, it's a little bit grandmothers and parents out there, you know, and it's hard to get. They need need some surrogate grandparents and parents. That's right. (laughs) I'm stepping up. I'm stepping up to the plate. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Well, thanks again. You know, I'm I'm so happy to have you on here. And plus, I've already had your better half. So, you know, it it was time anyway. That's it. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I and I appreciate women uh, in the industry finding ways to uh, to keep horses in their lives and to advocate for horses and and to do a good job. And you are near the top of the list that you are. Well, thank you, thank you. I think your mother is probably the best one to keep us going on that note. Yeah, she's I good. Love the fact that she's still riding and showing and winning, and I I want I want to be right there with her. Isn't she amazing? I know. Let's do this. I We were just talking to Al Dunning, too, who is, you know, that was the question we put to him is, what do we do with this women over 50 that are, you know, want to do this? He said, 
bring it. He said, it's never been more open, the training and the tips and the whole thing. It, it's everywhere out there. And just get a good coach and do it. So, you know, mom's my inspiration yeah. too. Yeah. So we got to keep Absolutely. up with her. <laughs> that's right. That's, and that's not an easy task. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Kim. Thanks for taking a little time out of your awful drive there. And good luck in the sale this weekend. Thanks, Debbie. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. We all hear about omega-3 and how important it is for your horse's nutrition, but why? Well, simply put, horses were created to get all of their nutrition from live natural grasses. Omega-3 is an essential fat found in many types of live grasses, and it's critical to the horse's health. If they were living on live grasses 24-7, they would be receiving enough omega-3. But in today's world, most horses are fed commercial feed and forage as their primary nutrition, and most of these are lacking in omega-3. That's where Omega Fields comes in. All of Omega Fields' flax-based products provide a balanced essential profile of Omega-369 and may be helpful in alleviating problems related to skin, coat, hoof, joint, and sand colic. One of Omega Fields' terrific products is Omega Horse Shine. Omega Horse Shine is an Omega-3 stabilized ground flaxseed supplement for horses to help maintain a shiny, healthy coat, strong, solid hooves, and top performance for horses in all life stages. Omega Fields provides the best human-grade, non-GMO ground flax that can help horses with dry, scaly, itchy skin, joint pain and inflammation, poor hoof growth, allergies, and more. Don't just listen to Debbie and I. Alexandra, a customer of Omega Field, says any horse I ever own, I will feed them Omega Horse Shine and I will recommend it to anyone. You can get your Omega Horse Shine today at OmegaFields.com or just for our listeners, get 15% off using the coupon code MONTY2015. All one word, it's MONTY2015 for 15% off your next order at OmegaFields.com. That's OmegaFields.com. Todd Bergen is now 42. He's a young man, and he lives in Eagle Point, Oregon, and he's recognized as one of the industry's most talented, most versatile horsemen out there. He's earned over $3 million in his career to date, and he competes on multiple horses in the American Quarter Horse Association World Shows and the National Reigning Horse Show Association fraternities. He's, a, he's an iconic fixture there. He's been there for a long time, being at the top, and being in the finals is now almost expected for this guy. And best of all, he has quiet, happy horses when he competes. Well, welcome, Tob Bergen. Thank you so much for being on Horsemanship Radio. Well, thanks for having me. I couldn't I couldn't have asked for a better representative right now in this point in time in August 2016 of the Western Reigning World, in my opinion. And you know what? I'm not the only one that has that opinion out there. You must be very proud of some of these horses you're working with. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's that's a big part of our business is you gotta you gotta have the horsepower underneath you. And so that's uh that's a big part of this game. Mm-hmm. Well, it's showing. Uh, some kind of Murata was um, amazing. Saw some scores that, um, you know, you have to take a double take at. And uh, it must have been some kind of fun in uh, the the Derby that you did real well in lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty satisfying. That's uh, that's been a good horse, and 
you know, I bought her in her three-year-old year and, and just really haven't gotten anything done with her. And so it was finally, it was good to finally, uh, uh, get it all put together because I knew she had it in her and I just, I just have not been able to get it all put together. And that's, that's another big part of the cow horse deal is, is, you know, you got three events and so it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of work and it's hard to get, get all three of them put together at the right time. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? I mean, a lot of uh, we're, we're all uh, fascinated by the Olympics right now, you know, that's been going on, and mm-hmm. and it, it's it's almost I, it, you must get a little jealous when you see some event where all you have to do is one thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I've shown horses all my life, and uh, you know, I do I do other events also, and but yeah this is definitely the most challenging the cow horses with with three events and trying to get it put together and anybody who hasn't done it i don't think they can really grasp how hard that is you know because it is uh you know there's a lot of guys that train horses and you know they know it's very hard to be specialized in one but then to try and do three and and get you know three events put together that day in the finals it's uh it's tough yeah but you've You've uh, you have a little record going of doing it now too. That you're you're no fluke at this point, Todd Bergen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have to describe for the listeners they they got to go and go to your Facebook page or or go on YouTube and just see a, a few of the videos that uh, they are jaw dropping. Um, I think mostly because what I loved about it is I watch a very relaxed horse and a very relaxed rider walk into that arena. I see a a very extreme sport happening underneath you and then everything just shuts down and I see a very relaxed rider and a very relaxed horse walk out of the arena. That's pride making. <laughs> that is just pride making. Yeah. Well, we work hard to uh, try and make it look easy. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I have read somewhere where I, uh, that you like the cow work the most of the three events. Why is that? Well, I just, I really enjoy the, um, the whole training process of the, of, of the cows, um, you know, really getting those horses to be smart and, and, uh, you know, the horses, when they, when they get good on a cow, they enjoy it, you know, and they want to do it. And, and, uh, that's just, it's kind of fun, you know, and, uh, and when you work a cow, it's never the same thing twice, you know, I mean, it's, it's different every time you know, you stuck to a cow. And so that keeps it, uh, that keeps it interesting. Whereas some of the other stuff, it's, it's, uh, it can get a little monotonous to me. It's just the same thing over and over again. I, I, obviously each horse is different, but you know, but when you work a cow, there's just that, you know, there's that variety and there's that challenge to, to be able to, uh, handle any situation so i think that's why i enjoy it so much mm-hmm. yeah that's true that you've got different personalities in the horse and different personalities in those cattle too um yeah, yeah. I, I think i read somewhere where um i think it was your dad who said that uh, when you're like 13 14 that uh he walked into the room late at night and you were still reading and you were reading possibly an l dunning book and um he said something about that, that each horse has its own character, and you sort of affirmed that, too. Um, is, is that interesting to you, to know that horses are individuals? Yeah, you know, and even early on, I don't know why, but I kind of recognize that, that you know, every horse has got its own personality and its, its own temperament, and, 
and uh, you know just learning how to to understand that and how to how to read that and how to deal with it you know I think that is that is such a major part of of horse training and and uh, you know it just it takes a while to to really figure that out that you got to train each horse as an individual you know we want to put our foundation on them and all that but how you get there can be a little different with each horse and um you know i just find that very very interesting and i think that's what's kept me going you know this long and, and wanting to do it and uh um but i've always thought of it that way is you know you really need to treat each each horse as an individual and uh um, you know, we're trying to get the same thing done on all of them, but how you get there sometimes is a different path for each one. Right. Yeah. You, you put out a great DVD body control DVD and, um, and some of the things that you say on there are just amazing. I mean, I like how you say that you, it's, it's like teach a man to fish, right? It's the statement of teach a horse what you're asking him to do to partner with him rather than just make mm-hmm. him do it on the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a, a lot of guys out there that really, you know, they, they train horses and then they can be successful, but I feel like they, they're kind of cookie cutter and they kind of just make each horse fit their mold and just kind of make them do it. And, and, uh, I really think that to really train a horse correctly is, you know, you need to train them, them to do it, not, not, you know, just despite of you, you know, making them do it. Um, and I, cause like any, my horses, I want anybody to be able to get on them and go and go, you know, put them through the paces and they'll do it for them, you know? And, and, uh, so I really think that there's a, there's a difference in that. And, and I really try and try and train my horses to do things rather than just, you know, forcing them to do it. Yeah. Well, you, I can see that in, in the videos and, and when we've watched you live too, that you, um, you literally just sit on your pockets and, and barely even audible. Whoa. And that horse is a willing uh, partner in that, that 30 foot, you know, railroad track that you put down under the horse. It's just amazing to, to watch. And you can see there's the, the reins are loose. Uh, the horse is relaxed, ears forward. You, you, the only thing I ever see that's kind of an anomaly is you straightening your hat at the end of it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to lose your hat. Out don't there. lose your hat. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I, I can assure you, I, I would imagine that's not a nervous twitch that you have. That's just keeping your hat. No, out. no, that's just me uh, sweating a lot. I don't want anybody <laughs> to see me sweating. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really fun because I was, you know, and I, when I was studying everything you've been doing and just trying to track on. I mean, I love your rollbacks on the fence. People have got to see it's just, I mean, especially with this, some kind of Maradas. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's such a, she's such a strong, powerful horse. She can really, she can really do it. You know how we all dream about them doing it. She's, she's got that ability. They don't all have that, but uh, yeah, when you got one that can, that can stop and is as powerful as she is and has as much try as she does, you know, you can, they'll, they'll do it like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's uh, you look like you're having fun up there when she's doing that. I <laughs> know. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm just trying to stay, stay on. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this came up recently, you know, uh I watching all these different sports and it's interesting how the 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 work has changed a little bit on leads and things that 
like in tennis, you know, you you used to load up on the inside leg and now you load up on the outside leg so you can push back and you get a lot of shift. Do you know, I know you've, you've even barrel raced. You've done every, I think you've done everything on the yeah. horse's back. But um, do you notice some techniques changing just uh, in uh, lead changes, anything over the last? Um, you know, I don't know so much that, well, I, I, yeah, I guess some techniques have changed, but uh, I think what we're seeing now is, is, much better horse trainers, much better horse flesh. Um, you know, the horses are just that we're seeing nowadays are, are capable of doing it, how we've all been dreaming about having them all do it, you know? So I think, I think that's the the change that you're seeing is, you know, I, I think they're definitely, the styles are changing a little bit and that's just the sport progressing. And, uh, we've all been kind of talking about that, how, how much the cow horse has progressed in the last few years and how much better everything has gotten, you know, all three events are getting, are getting good. I mean, you watch the herd work nowadays and I mean, there used to be one or two horses in there that really looked like they could cut. And now, I mean, pretty much, you know, if you're going to be in the top end of it, there's, there's a lot of them that really look like they can cut and same thing in the range work and same thing in the fence work. There's just so many more, horses and riders that are that are capable and, and that are you know they're getting them trained and you know just everything is stepping up everything's progressing so uh i don't you say i don't know if it's if there's a difference in the way we're doing things maybe a little bit but i think we're just now getting getting the horses and get you know people are understanding the training of it and all that and mm-hmm. and so you're just seeing more and more you know, horses being able to to really do it right, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably a combination of all kinds of things, I guess. But like uh, Monty Roberts, my dad growing up, he just says it's just light years ahead of where we were, you know, 50 years ago. It spins oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and like I say, I think, you know, I think there's a couple of things that contribute to that. One, you know, like I say, I think we're riding much better horses nowadays than than we were in the past. And, and two, um, there's so much information out there available to young trainers these days. And, you know, uh, there's so many videos and there's clinics and there's, you know, radio talk shows, there's, there's all of this out there now. And I think, so as a young trainer coming up, you have so much information readily available to you going and riding with other trainers is, much more common now than it ever used to be, you know, guys going and riding, you know, with I, I still do it. I still go ride with my peers and um, I have guys come ride with me all the time. And, and so when you have all that available to you, um, just everybody's knowledge has just grown and gotten, you know, their horse IQ has just gotten so high and, and we've got the better horses to ride. So, you know, it's just, it's just progressing. You've just got so many more guys who, who are capable and and have the ability and the knowledge to to train a horse, you know, the right way, and and you know, you give them a good horse, and and there you go. So I think that's where it's really progressed the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's probably some word we should put in here for the judges and the and the direction they've taken the industry as well. They, you know, the National Rain Cow, Cow Horse Association mm-hmm. probably should be uh, recognized for for taking it in a good direction too. Cause you know, there are, yeah, some you know, yeah. yeah, for sure. And we've, we've been working hard at that as, is trying to, 
you know, and we talk about that a lot where we feel like everybody's progressed a lot. And so we've really been working hard to make sure the judging is coming right along with it, you know, and, uh, you know, there's a, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I know I've been, I've been uh, very involved in that in the past few years and, um, was on the judges committees there for a while and actually the head of the judges committee there for a while. And, um, now being president, obviously I'm not on that committee, but I, you know, I still work closely with, you know, with, you know, who I have as the chair of my committees and stuff like that. And, and, uh, I know they've, they've really been putting in the time and effort to, to make sure that the judging is progressing along with the, uh, the competition. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see it. I, I think the harmony between the rider and the horse seems to be there. And I, and I know that that's something they look for in other disciplines. Like I, I heard it mentioned in uh, the Olympics, actually in London last time, that was sort of a breakthrough moment when the, the judge said that the first and second horse, gold and silver were nearly the same, except for there's a little bit more harmony and they gave it to the gold, which is pretty good mm-hmm. sign for dressage mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, you know, and, and and we always say it when when it's done right, it it looks effortless. You know, it looks like neither the horse or the or the rider is really trying. But to me, that's when it's being really done right. You know, when you watch it and you're just like, well, that just looks so easy. You know, but to me, to me, that's that's when things are are going the right way because. You know, if, if, if it's, if it's done right, it, it should look effortless, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think sometimes that gets overlooked a little bit, uh, cause they're like, well, that was too easy. There wasn't enough degree of difficulty. Well, sometimes, you know, you, people are creating their own degree of difficulty. Um, uh, and when it's really done right, it just, it looks easy, you know? So, yeah, I, yeah, we all smile at that one. I think, uh, you know, and anything we've ever done, but so you have a, a an adorable wife, and you've got a couple of kids. I, I couldn't, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about them. You've got little Haley, who, how old is Haley now? Hallie. Hallie, sorry. Hallie, yeah, Hallie, she'll be 10 here in, uh, at the end of the month. And uh, my son, Gavin, he'll be 13 in December. Good so. grief. Anybody riding? Yeah. Yeah, Hallie's starting to ride here lately. Uh, my boy still doesn't like to really ride much he'll ride every once in a while but it's not his thing but uh yeah Hallie she's starting to ride some here lately and been asking to go ride and, and wanting to go ride and stuff so yeah that's exciting uh that is I I want to hear that there's going to be you know Bergen knockoffs out there because <laughs> we need we need more like you and I Gavin you know yeah. even if he's riding things that you put gasoline in that's a good start we'll we'll go with that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, you, sir, have been on the cover of how many Quarter Horse Newses now? Oh, I don't know. You don't know either, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, it's pretty impressive what you're doing out there, and, and we definitely want to hold you up on Horsemanship Radio and the Horse Radio Network, too, for um, being a great example of the Western work uh, done properly with the horse that is, you know, roots in the, the 1800s of, doing what horses do best, which is rounding up cattle and working them on a ranch. And sounds like that's all in your roots anyway, Todd, and I'm glad you're carrying on the traditions. Well, I'm happy to do it. It's uh, it's a lot of work, but, uh, but I sure enjoy it. Yeah, well, at least you're really successful at it for all that work. There you go. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes it, <laughs> makes it a little easier. Yeah. It does help. And uh, we'd love to have you on again, too, after some more big scores. We want to hear about them. Can we hear All you right, well, hopefully I can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, hopefully I can put up some more good scores and good accomplishments so well, you can have me back on. Thank you very much. <laughs> I see a lot of owners out there of those horses you're riding that all smiles, so I'm sure we will. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> all right, thanks for joining us today. Okay, no problem. Bye. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than mine. The magic in the language of the herd. Dear Monty, How long do you train your reigning horses before showing in competition? Monty's answer. Most of the world-class trainers I have known would answer this question in a fairly similar fashion to how I will answer it. It is very difficult to expect a horse to execute the procedures necessary for competition with less than one full year of training. Even at that level, the reigning horse should still be considered a baby. It is my opinion that after one year's training, any competition should be limited to a very few competitive events. A sustained schedule of competitions after just one year's training will generally result in a resentful horse. I consider two to three years to be optimum in maximizing the performance of the reigning horse. Even after three years, the reigned horse is apt to continue to improve if trained with good horsemanship. Most reigned horses reach their full potential at the age of eight to nine years. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says, Get Free Horse Tips. Hi. I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider, it doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forum, and there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. In the wide, wide world of sports, is it going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. In October, he's headed to the UK, his fall tour, and he will be October 15, 21, 26, and 29 in uh, various areas. He'll be all over England. And then uh, November 3rd, he jumps over to, um, there's an East Yorkshire uh, building that's um, just a fabulous building. So I hope everybody can go see that one. It's a really nice area. Anybody who knows UK, you know where he is. Go on the website. But November 5th, then, he'll be at Your Horse Live. And Your Horse Live is a big trade show, horse show. It's a huge event and they're having a special ticketed event for just for him. So yeah, just going to have to get on there and if you're from the UK or anywhere near it, you can take a ferry from Ireland. Okay. All you people have been saying, when is he coming to Ireland? Take the ferry. He's You're coming to him this time and, <laughs> and to Sweden, Holland, all those places, France, it's really easy to get there. 
All righty. And if you couldn't remember all of that, because it's a bunch, you can find it at MontyRoberts.com. Or you can give the folks at Monty Roberts U a call. It's 805-688-6288. And someone knowledgeable and friendly will answer the answer your questions. And for details about today's show, go to HorsemanshipRadio.com. And there you can find links, photos, and more information about today's guests. And we'd love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Monty Roberts. And Monty Roberts tweets. That's right. He's a tweeter. You can follow him at Monty underscore Roberts. For those of you who like your information in short 150 character bursts. <laughs> and you can get the app to get all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you and carry them around everywhere on your iTunes or, or on your iPhone or Android. Just go to your app store and search for Horse Radio Network. Or that's you can subscribe via iTunes and be a little bit old fashioned. Well, yeah, I think that's what I did. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, that's the best way to do it, though. I throw that little phone in the car, and there it sits by me, and I listen through all the shows. And many thanks to our sponsors. Uh, that's IFA.com, Omega Fields, and MontyRobertsUniversity.com. Be sure to visit the other great shows, too, that I visit on the Horse Radio Network at www.HorseRadioNetwork.com. And until next time, have many happy horse hours like Jen and I. <laughs> 